Numbers the 32nd chapter and 20 verses. And Moses said unto them, if you will do this thing, if ye will do this thing, and if you will go armed before the Lord to war, and will go all of you armed over Jordan before the Lord, till he hath driven out his enemies from before him. I'm going to stop right there. So I'm going to break some of this down later on in my message. But he simply says, if you will do this thing, I want you to understand that you're not waiting on God. God's waiting on you. Amen. If you will do. That's my title. If you will. Some of you say, well, I just want to wait on the Lord. And you take a scripture out of context by saying, they that wait on the Lord. But some have taken that out of context because that word wait does not mean to sit around and wait on God. In the sense that you're just sitting there doing nothing and waiting. But that word actually means serve. They that serve the Lord, he shall renew their strength. Someone who is lady, lazy doesn't need renewed strength. They're just lazy and sit around and do nothing. So they don't exert any kind of strength whatsoever. Usually when you lay down or you sit down, you're resting. Someone's talking about it. It says, get up. Do something about your future. Rather than wallowing around in your own misery, waiting on God to show up, but instead you say, I'm going to get up and go get what I know God has for me. So allow me to speak for a little while on, if you will. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for demonstrating your spirit in this house thus far. We thank you for your anointing that you have poured on us and poured down upon us and the spirit of the Holy Ghost that we fill in this house. We just want to tell you how much we appreciate it and love you for it, Lord. But we're asking you also, Lord, to open every heart and put within us something that would create in us a desire and a passion to move forward from the place that we're at right now. Do your work here today. In your precious name, everybody say amen. amen. You may be seated. In this passage, it talks about before you go into the promised land to the children of Israel. Once you get over on the other side of Jordan, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Jordan is the beginning of the battles you will face before you get to your promise. I'm going to pause right there and tell you, just because you came to church and just because you received the gift of the Holy Ghost don't mean that your fight is over. doesn't mean that. That, oh, we have arrived. But no, he says, if you will, 
God can't do any more for you if you're not willing to step beyond just getting the Holy Ghost or having experience of the crossing of the river if you're not willing to fight for your promise. That's the stipulation. If you will go. But some are still saying, but I'm waiting on God. No, God's waiting on you. If you will go, this scripture says, God will drive out your enemies. If you will trust, God will drive out your enemies. If you will obey, God will drive out your enemies. If you will move, God will then move on your behalf. If you fight, God will stand beside you and fight with you. Come on now. If you take action, I promise you, God will take action with you. God is true to his word. That's why in Hebrews it says this in the 6th chapter and the 18th verse. That by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. He says it's impossible for God to lie. We might have a strong uh, consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. If you will. God will not lie. If you will, God will. And he says, I will not lie so that you can hold to the refuge that is set and the hope that is set before you. If you will, if you will. In fact, in Hebrews 6 declares, it is impossible for God to lie. And there is real peace that is found in this aspect of God's character. That he will not lie. When others may not tell you the truth, you might have heard churches and even pastors stand behind the pulpit that are afraid to tell you the truth. But when you get into the Word, and when no one else will tell you the truth, God will tell you the truth, whether it hurts your feelings or not, God will give you a Word, and He will hold to the Word He gives you. Yeah. God is true to His Word. And so often we put hopes in the things and people of this world, which let us down as well as pass away. But we put our hope in that. But when all the things and people in the world passes away, there is still God and forever will be God. I want to talk to somebody today. God is not waiting. Or we're not waiting on God, but God is waiting on you. And 1 Peter 1, 25 says, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. I'm glad I've got something more than just a building and a church, more than just a pastor, and more than just a congregation. I'm glad I got more than just money in my pocket and houses I can live in. I'm glad I got more than a country which is called the land of freedom, but yet it has not that anymore. But I'm glad I still live in America. You know, I, I'm telling you, I'm glad I got all that stuff. But when all of this falls apart, which is going quickly, when it all falls apart, I'm still 
still glad that I got a God that is not going to be moved one jot nor tittle. He is God and God all by himself. And that's one thing we can trust in. When we can't trust in church, then we can't trust in horses. But we can trust in the word of the Lord. Amen. I'm glad I got it. I'm glad I got it. I'm glad I got the word of God. Amen. Because the word of God is more important to me than your word. Amen. The word. The word. He is faithful to his word. He is faithful to his word. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. This gospel, this word, the gospel being preached to you right now will endure forever if it's the truth. It's the truth. Amen. And we got to get to the point where we're not afraid. Come on, church. Not only to preach the truth, but we're not afraid to live the truth. Amen. People need to see a church. People need to see children of God. People need to see that we trust in the Lord. No matter what happens in this life and no matter what happens in this world, we're going to trust in our God. He says to Moses, if you will do this thing, if you will go armed before the Lord to war, he says, if you will go ready for war, God will show up. Maybe not on your terms, but he will show up. Some of you have an idea of how God should present himself to you. But I've learned a long time ago, I don't care if you're Moses. I don't care if you're Noah. I don't care who you are in the Bible. I don't care if you're Job going through all you're going through. you got to get to the place where you say, God, it may not be presented in the way I should. Or I understand it, but God, it's going to be presented to me in the way it should be according to my own creator. Amen. God knows what you need. Amen. Quit complaining about it not coming packaged the way you want it and coming the way you feel it needs to be demonstrated to you but you need to trust God and say God it may not look like I want it to look it may not sound like I want it to sound it may not feel like I want it to feel but God I'm going to trust you because I know if I will do you'll show up and you will help me devour my enemy Hey, hallelujah, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. I might just get loosened up here today. And when that happens, the devil's in trouble because I know I have an affirmation of people that are willing to stand up and say, we will fight for the things that are right in God. Hallelujah. If you will go ready for war, if you will go, first verse, and will go out of you armed over Jordan, get on the other side of Jordan, you will go out armed, get over Jordan and get ready to fight, get the Holy Ghost, get ready to fight. Someone said, well, I never had any problems with the devil until I got the Holy Ghost. That's right. Why would the devil want something he's already got? Hey Amen. You got some things when you got the Holy Ghost the devil wants. And he knows he was kicked out of heaven. And he wants what you have. And he will never get it. <laughs> we'll go all of you armed over Jordan. 
and do it before the Lord until he hath driven out his enemies from before him. If you fight against your demons, if you fight against your addictions, well, God, why don't you just take it away? He's waiting for you to fight on the other side of Jordan. If you fight against your bad attitude, if you fight against your temper, if you fight against your psychological destruction or your thinking, if you fight against your bad choices and quit blaming everybody else for the choices you make and say that they're responsible. It was the way I was raised. It was my mom and daddy. It's my church. It's my pastor. It's all the people around me. I had bad friends. It was my wife. It was my husband. But stop right there and start fighting for making bad choices because when you don't fight for bad choices, you'll never fight for bad behavior. It's not my fault. You just don't know the way I was raised. Don't insult my God like that. What you're telling me is God's not big enough. God's not bad enough. God can't do it. But he says, listen, I cannot lie. Some of you come to church for the wrong reason. Oh, I'm going to get, I don't know, I'm just on it today. Amen. I'm on the devil's track here and I got a scent that he needs to be destroyed and I'm going to follow this path until I put the devil under my feet here today because I know, I know the devil is on attack against the body of Christ and some of you come to church but you don't even know why but the devil has deceived you and the devil is a liar and he's a father of liars. You got to get to the place where you say God it may not be what I want it to look like but I'm going to trust in you. You got to fight against your issues. Come into my office and say, Pastor, I need to counsel with you. I can't fix your problems. There's only you and God can fix that. Someone one time said about a preacher, said, well, I went into his office and he couldn't fix me. You're right. He can't fix you. All he can do is give you biblical advice. The biblical word is what cannot lie. The answers are not in the preacher. The answers are in Christ. And Jesus says, I am the word. So if he is the word in Christ, we get our answer not from in Pastor Bib do I get my answer. You need to hear what I'm saying. I'm just affirming what you should already be studying. 
I'm only preaching what you already should know. You shouldn't come to church to try to get something that you don't just understand. You should study it for yourself. And then when you come to the house of God, when I affirm it, it'll give revelation to what you just read. I can't give you revelation. you got to study it for yourself. And when you do, I only affirm revelation. That's why when you come to the house of God and you hear a word, you think you heard it for the first time. But most of you have already read it. It's just an affirmation. Learn it. Understand it. It's the word. Fight for your own victory. I got enough on my own plate to fight for. Mm. Believe it or not, I still have a lot of Rob in me. And I'm working on that every day. Every day. No, 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 no. Every day. It doesn't mean it's easier for you than it is me. It's just I got different issues than you have. Oh, pastor's all the way up here. Now I'm all the way down here. You're all like, oh, 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 oh. You need to fight for your issues. Come on now. So we have to fight against ourselves. We have to fight against the enemy of our soul. I, I get that. I understand it. Let me just tell you very clearly here today that we are fighting the devil. But more importantly, we fight our own flesh. So you can't blame the devil on your flesh. So when you fight against, that means you need to shun evil. Fight against what is wrong. But now, you need to turn that fight against into fighting for. In other words, I'm not going to just fight against the demons and the problems and the issues of my own flesh. I got to fight against it. But I got to have a cause too. Because if I don't have a cause to fight for something, I'll quit of what I'm fighting against. If I only have the tenacity and the idea or the desire to fight against when it does not work, you'll quit on the fight for the promise. You'll quit on it. Because when you fight against, there's going to be times when you feel like you're losing the battle. And if you don't believe that to be true, start in chapter 1 of Job. And read all the way through. And you will find that the man never quit fighting for God. He had a cause that was greater than his circumstances. 
He had a desire and a love for right more so than he did against the things that he had done wrong. You got to keep coming back to it. Listen, be very carefully. You, you got to keep coming back. When you got a cause, it doesn't matter if you have to come to this altar a thousand times. You keep coming. It doesn't matter if you have to say, okay, I'm going to start showing up on Thursday prayer. And I'm going to start showing up feeding people with our food bank. And I'm not going to just come to the 11 o'clock service. Oh, I'm talking. You got you to fight. Some of you don't got this in you. I'm, I'm preaching. I'm trying to get this stuff in you. Some, some of you don't come to the electives. Well, that's the place you need to fight. What are you fighting for? I'll tell you what you're fighting for. You're fighting against a psychological battle in your mind because you are your greatest enemy. And if you're not careful, you'll listen to your own thoughts and not the Word of God and you'll think His promises are not true based on your lack of commitment but not on His faithfulness. He is faithful. He cannot lie. His word is true. And that, my friend, is forever settled. You don't keep coming. You don't quit on this. Oh, the ones that quit get discouraged because they fight against. But the ones that stay in the fight and never quit are the ones that say, I got a reason. And if you can find one reason, that ought to be God himself. But if you want another reason, it ought to be yourself. And if you want another, it ought to be your family. And if you want another, it ought to be your children. And if you want another, it ought to be your church. It ought to be the things that matter in your life worth fighting for. I'm coming back. Don't quit. Don't stop. I look around here, I see a lot of empty seats. I'm asking myself this question. Where are these people? This is my job as a pastor. My, my job description is to be concerned. Where are they? Where are they? Some people I know, they're in town. because they have, and, and, and every once in a while they just pop in and then they don't see them for six months. Where are they? I'll tell you where they are. They're still dealing with their struggles. They're still dealing with their, their anxiety. And, 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 they're, and they're working two jobs because they've made bad choices and got themselves so far in debt that they have to make sure they pay the new car payment they didn't need and that, that new house upgrade that they didn't need. And, and now they're working two jobs and creating anxiety, making bad choices. And then they lose their focus Till they are so discouraged, they no longer want to fight, and then they don't even believe that God is faithful. God is not faithful to me anymore. God has not been true to his. Yes, he is. It's just some are not willing to fight for the cause, but instead only fight against their problems. My God. I'm telling you today, listen to me very carefully. Listen to your pastor. What you want, the promise that you want, what God says you get on the other side of Jordan, it's not going to come without a fight. You're going to have to fight. 
That's what I'm, I'm doing right here. I'm, I'm, I'm training. I'm training you. I'm training you. Kind of like UFC. We got we 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 to work on this. You want to get into the ring, then we, we got to make sure that you're good and ready and that you've got the stamina, you've got the muscle, you've got all of the techniques, standing up, grappling on the floor. Make sure you got it all. But it's not going to come without a fight. And there going to be sometimes you're going to be all bloody and a mess. But here's the problem. We come to church, first time in your life, you're in the ring. And you thought you was just going to get a sit in the stands and on a little chair somewhere, ringside, and get to watch everything. But let me tell you, that's not the way it works. You are the fighter. You're not You're not just one to be sitting in the chair watching the fight, but you're supposed to be in the ring. But some want the promise. Some want the prize, but don't want to fight. Some want the blessings, but won't pay the price. Some want the deliverance, but don't want. The commitment. Come on now. They want their ship to come in. I'm just waiting for my ship to come in. But won't swim out to get it. Some have their hand out to God. Here, Lord. Now, I'll tell you, I, you, you can pray any way you want, but that's why I have a problem with just praying like this all the time. Some people have their hand up to God, but never give nothing back. Give me my blessing instead of, Lord, I'm blessed. You're a good God. Oh, God, I need a new home. But instead, Lord, I bless you for my home. Instead of coming in and saying, oh, God, I wish you would do this. And I wish you'd give me that new job. God gets tired of you always asking for your little toys. He's saying, you got a toy box full of stuff. Now don't you start saying, God, it belongs to you. You bought it. You gave it to me. And I'm going to be satisfied. Have their hand out, but won't give nothing back. There's so many people want to be coddled. That's why churches are full of, full of people that just, oh, let's, let's preach a prosperity message. I'm not against prosperity. I believe God, God will give you wealth, but he's the one that gives you wisdom. He's not the one going to show up and just give it to you. He's the one that gives you wisdom to get wealth. Amen. You ought to be the best person who works at McDonald's if that's where you work. You ought to be the best person if you're a mechanic. You ought to learn it inside and out until you own the mechanic store. If you work for Chick-fil-A and you wear the little hat. Is that right? Is that, am I right? Is there a hat involved here? You wear the hat 
Sooner or later, you stay with it. You stay with You don't quit on that. You don't walk away from that. You keep working. You keep working. You keep working. You keep working until one day you buy a franchise to Chick-fil-A. And now you're making $300,000, $400,000 a year because now you are the one. You're the big one. You're the, you're the one that didn't quit. You're the one that didn't give up. You said, I can do this. I'm going to be the best at what I can do. But they want to be coddled. Oh, you know, the ones that cry and scream the loudest. Oh, it seems like everybody gathers around them. And the more you gather around them and the more you coddle them, the worse it gets. You help them one time. Because I got to have help. And then you help them one time. Until now, six months later, you got to help them again. Two years later, they're still in the same boat. Why? Why is that? Because it is an entitlement mentality. You got to get to where people know you got to stand on your own two feet. This is not about grandma and grandpa. This is about me. This is not about pastor. This is about you. And you got to get to the place where you say, I am going to do whatever I got to do. And the Lord says, if you will, I will then show up and give you your promise. Want to be coddled. They want it easy. So now we got people that want spiritual welfare checks. Want spiritual stimulus checks. You know what I say to them? No. Go out and work. You want the spirit, then you go out and get it. You want deliverance, then you need to go get it. If you want what's on the ship, jump off the dock and swim out there and go get it. You got to fight for it. It's not going to come without a fight. We have to fight with the devil, but more importantly, we have to fight with our own flesh. Man, I, I, I didn't get to preach last week, so I got twice as much time. No, I, I won't do that to you. I don't think. 22nd verse says, And the land be subdued before the Lord. And the land be subdued before the Lord. Then afterward you shall return and be guiltless before the Lord and before Israel. And this land shall be your possession before the Lord. You go out and fight first. Then come back afterward, afterward. Everybody say afterward. After you have fought. None of this is going to happen until after. After. Not until you have fought. That's the first point. The second point is, and when you have done this, you will have a clear conscience. You will feel good about yourself because you're giving it your best. There's nothing more discouraging than people that come to church and never find their place. But there's nothing more discouraging to staff when people don't ever make, take the initiative to find their place. There's a lot of places for you. You are home right now. That's why I'm preaching the way I'm preaching. You need to get yourself plugged in. And you say, well, I'm embarrassed. Well, if you're embarrassed, Sister Hinojosa, stand to your feet real quick. You need to go see this woman at our information desk, and she'll get you plugged in. And if you don't get plugged in there, then you need to start coming to our elective. Stand up, Brother, brother uh, 
Hawks, stand up. He's our, I almost forgot his name. Amen. Uh, at least I didn't say Sister Hawks. Amen. Hey, Brother Hawks, he's over our electives. And if you want to get plugged in, you get plugged in there. And if you don't know how to do that, then go to see our youth department. If you can't get plugged in there, then go see our, our uh, college and career. God, there's a lot of things I have to remember here. Amen. And if you get, can't get plugged in there, then just come to church and find a friend across the aisle and you can get plugged in. But don't give the excuses that you don't know how to fight for your future if you're not willing to get plugged in to places that can help you get through to your promise. You'll have a clear conscience. You'll feel good about yourself. I feel good when I come from church, even when Pastor Rant and Ray's like this and gets all over us. And I feel better. I don't know if you do because I got it off my chest. I don't know how you feel, but I feel good about coming to the house of God. It gives me a clear conscience. The third thing is afterward, number one. Number two, you'll come back guiltless. And number three, then and only then it shall be your possession. Here's the kicker. 23rd verse says, but if you will not do so, behold, you have sinned against the Lord. And be sure your sin will find you out. Let me say this. You cannot expect God to deliver you or bless you without a fight against your enemy. You need to attack hell with everything you have. But the second point is, you cannot expect God to deliver you or bless you without fighting for your promise. So you got to fight against. Everybody say against. And you got to fight for. Everybody say for. And if you're not willing to fight, he says you have sinned against God. Pretty straight, isn't it? Why is he saying that it's a sin. Why is he saying, if you're not willing to do this, it's a sin? Why? Because when you quit moving forward and you're at a standstill, there's casualties involved. It's not just about you. You get on a four lane freeway and you stop in the middle of the freeway, it happens. And cars start crashing into them. Till you got 10, 12, maybe 14 cars. They're piled up and there's casualties involved. And he says it's a sin. For you just to stop where you're at. Oh, I'm talking about somebody. I'm talking about somebody. And I'm talking to somebody. Amen. If you're not willing to fight, you have sinned against God. And it's because when you stop moving forward... There's casualties. I can name a few. If you're married, it could be a casualty of your marriage. If you've got kids, it can be a casualty of your kids. If you've got family, nieces or nephews, mom and dad, they're not living for God, they're watching every move you make. Because all the times you've witnessed them, you have put yourself on a stage where they're going to be critical about who you are and what you are. And through time, you're going to prove to them and have to prove to them that you're not quitting just because the quitting comes easy. Uh, keep going. 
keep going because there's more at stake than just you. If you'll keep going, don't turn back. Keep going. God will keep providing. I told this story several times. I'm going to tell it again just so I can make a very clear application. When Cortez landed in Veracruz in 1519, he did this to begin his conquest of the Mexico uh, his conquest of Mexico with a small force of only 700 men. He only had 700 men. He was on a conquest, so he purposely set fire to his fleet of 11 ships. Therefore, by doing so, committing them to survive through conquest. Not, not, you can't turn back now. You can't quit now. So his men on the shore watched their only means of retreat sink to the bottom of the Gulf of Mexico with no means of retreat. There was only one direction. Everybody say one direction. Everybody say one option. There was only one direction to move. It wasn't backwards. We didn't have nowhere to go. I'm talking to somebody because you got things in your past you haven't let go of yet. And you wonder why you don't have the ability to move forward into your conquest and your victory. It gets quiet when I start preaching like this. You got things in your past. And that is your security blanket. And you keep going back to it. And you're waiting until everybody finishes theirs. But you didn't fight at all for yours. So, with no means of retreat, there was only one direction to move and forward into the Mexican interior to meet whatever might come their way. They weren't afraid to die because they knew they were going to die doing what was right in their eyes. It was called the Spanish Conquest of the Aztec Empire. There could be no mutiny. Listen to this. There could be no mutiny. There could be no turning back. There could be no mutiny if there was no place for them to turn back to. When when you get rid of all the stuff that you know that is your security blanket and you keep going back to, when you get rid of all that and you say, today, I have no other option. There's been some good things happen. There's been some bad things happen. But I can't live now on the good things because God wants to give me fresh bread. Manna. Manna, manna, not yesterday's manna, he says, because it will spoil. What you need is a fresh anointing of God's Spirit on your life. And the only way you can do that is to say, I must move forward. I'm not going to stop on the freeway. I'm not going to create casualties. I'm going to be one extra man, one extra woman, one extra child, one extra teen. I'm going to make sure that I stand with my brothers and sisters and we're going to move into the interior of our promise and take possession of this land. I know I'm taking some time here today, but their fears had to be faced. Your fears have to be faced. They had to be alert around every rock. They had to be alert what might come from every tree. They had to be alert and look down every trail. They had to be alert and make sure they're paying attention heightened sense of urgency 
They in their minds was you will or you lose, but there's no quitting. You fight or you fail. You are delivered or you die. You have victory or you're vanquished. You overcome or you're overtaken. You subdue or you succumb. You de are defeated or you shall destroy. But this one thing we know, if God be for us, who can be against us? We must face our fears and we must face our enemy. And we only lie to ourselves if we retreat back into our securities. I know we have made excuses as to why we never get past our failures. Excuses like, for example, 2020, politics is the world is going to hell in a handbasket. So my kids don't have a chance. And then some people just give up. Teachers at school are teaching my kids, they and them. So it's easier to let go of my fight. Hmm. Or maybe you feel like you're falling. So you go back to the things that was always there for you. Alcohol. Drugs. Well, it's always been there for me. It's been more faithful than anything else, but it's always cost you too. You want friends that don't cost you, but the bottle's going to cost you. Not only the price of the alcohol, but the price of your soul. I feel like I'm falling, so I keep going back to the bottle that's always there for me. You need to relax. Listen to me, Barry. And I'm about ready to conclude. And, and if the singers want to come up or play some music quietly, relax. If you fight for what is right, you will survive the fall. You will survive the fall. Why do I say that? Why? Because the Word says that. The Word simply tells me that there are going to be times when it's going to be a struggle and times when it's going to be hard and times where you will fall, but you can get back up. Why is that? Because God has it all under control. Ivan Chizov. It's an interesting story. Ivan Chizov was flying his Soviet bomber during World War II. When several German planes swept in and turned and shot at him and turned his machine into a blaze of fire, Chisholm simply bailed out, but not wanting to be conspicuous target for the passing Nazi pilot, he decided to wait to pull his chute until he was closer to the ground. What Chisholm didn't realize was that bailing out in an extremely thin atmosphere at 22,000 feet in the air would cause him to black out. And he blacked out due to the lack of oxygen. And his parachute never opened. And unfortunately, unfortunately, he hit the ground doing 150 mile an hour. Nobody said it's going to be easy. Nobody said it's going, you're not going to fall. 
He hit the ground at 150 miles an hour. He survived the fall. He survived the fall from 22,000 feet in the air doing 150 miles an hour. Hit the ground and survived the fall. And the question was why? Why? How did this happen? How could this possibly happen? They said because his body was so relaxed. He was unconscious. And his body was so relaxed that it saved his life. Three months later, he was back in an airplane flying it. There will be times you will fall. But relax. 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 God's got all of this junk and everything that's going around us under control. Relax. Relax and survive your fall. Ah, yeah. Survive your fall. So you can get back in the air. Get back in the driver's seat. Get back to flying the plane. Get back up and do what you need to do to get your life under control. Don't let your fall in your mind create your demise or your death. But it ought to be saying, Lord, I'm just going to fall asleep in your arms. And you're not even thinking about all you're going through. And you're falling and you're falling and you're falling. Say, Lord, hey, it is what it is. And as you're falling, you say, in the arms of an almighty God. I know if I die, I shall die. But in his arms. If I live, I shall live. But in his arms. I will relax because God has it all under control. So my concluding scripture is this, the 22nd verse of Numbers. I've already read it once. I'm going to read it again. And the land be subdued before the Lord. Then afterward ye shall return and be guiltless before the Lord and before Israel. And this land shall be your possession before the Lord. He says, I will keep my promise for I cannot lie. Here's what we're going to do today. I'm going to ask you to stand quickly. But here's what we're going to do. If you come down to this altar today, I want you to do two things. Number one, you need to fight against yourself. No excuses. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, that's fighting against them. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. But once you get past yourself, you need to find a place in that transition where you go from the chrysalis 
of a caterpillar into breaking free into the butterfly. That's your plan. That's your purpose. I can go from one place to fighting against. And as I go through this incubation period, I'm going to come to a place where I am greater than I have ever been. Because now I have a cause to fight for. Number one, fight against yourself. Number two, fight for your promise. If you come down here today, I want to see some of you giving it everything you got. I'm talking about let the devil have a black eye. And I'm not talking about giving the, next, the person next to you a black eye. I'm talking about giving the devil a black eye. Just make sure if you come down here, you're not beating everybody else up. Amen. But what we need to do is just beat the devil up. Amen. And so when you come down here, I need to see some passion here today. And I'm not trying to provoke you into doing something you don't want to do. So if you don't want to come down here, I understand. But if you really believe that you've got some things in your life that you need to fight against, and if you believe there are some things in your future that you are willing to fight for, I promise you God will keep His Word. Come on, music. Come on, singers. God will keep His Word. God will keep His Word. I said, God will keep his word. Oh, yeah. My, 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 my. Hallelujah. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. 